So hello, welcome to another recording of our Edinburgh Health and Wellbeing podcast. Today, I am not here with Iona, I am here with the lovely Sarah from Thrive Nutrition. Hi Sarah. Hello. How you doing? I'm good, thank you. Very well. I've got to say, I absolutely love your yellow jumper, it's oh, so lovely. <laughs> <laughs> it's new and it's still lovely day, I wear it, I'm going outside and it's that in between seasons where, mm. is it cold enough to wear a jumper yet? I'm not sure. Uh, but today feels feels okay. Yeah. It's good. I like the colour. <laughs> It's lovely. It's very, um, very, very sort of autumny, but still summer. Still yeah, bringing a bit of summer with me. Exactly. So um, we kind of know each other from online, but in periphery, kind yeah. of of each other's lives through mutual kind of people online. So it was quite weird yeah. to meet today and go, oh, actually, oh, that's you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All those years ago, yeah. I was always talking about nutrition and lovely nutrition um, facts. So it's so wonderful to yeah. see you now being a full uh, a full-time nutritionist yeah and I'm so excited yeah. to have a chat with you today about so many things we were chatting a little bit before and it's like okay let's just press record and go for like an actual chat so we actually started off talking about keto because that is what I'm doing at the moment mm-hmm. and about how I'm doing it plant-based and how a lot of people do it meat-based mm-hmm. um so keto, for those who don't know, it's a low-carb, um, low-protein and really high-fat diet. So like I was saying to Sarah just before we switched um, switched on is that you just don't know... Sorry, Poppy will snore <laughs> as always getting her saying. She's sharing facts. I know. Thanks, Poppy. So I don't like my humans doing keto. I don't get any crisps anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's... It's such a vast range of what the carbohydrate should be, what your fat should be, and what your protein should be. Because there's, there's, there's keto from anything like five percent to thirty percent carbs, and then twenty percent to ten percent, you know, ten percent protein, and then you can't have too much protein because that will turn into carbs. Your body will make that into glucose, and there's all this kind of crazy sciencey stuff that I. I kind of understand, but I don't really. You're definitely the person <laughs> to speak to about understanding that. Yeah. So, keto, I've, I think I've seen so many people just really embracing keto and just loving it and becoming yeah. really sort of supersized versions of themselves. They're happier. They're, they, you know, they're more focused. They're really positive. And so that's, I think, a draw definitely for myself mm-hmm. and other people. But mm-hmm. I don't know if keto is for me long term because... I love my veggies. Yeah. And I'm yeah. just, I'm really sort of struggling to, to go, I can't have a carrot. <laughs> I just want to have a carrot. <laughs> it's not even a Mars yeah. bar, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Something that anyone who's doing, and I hate the word diet with a passion. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. Um, and another thing some of my friends do with, um, I'm putting diet in commas here, is that they talk about weight loss, mm-hmm. and I really am not keen on doing something for weight loss. Yeah. You should always do something for your health uh-huh. to to kind of just make you a better, healthier version of you, and not be a focus on weight loss. Because oh, where do I even begin on that? Yeah, it's so hard. So when I say the word diet, I'm not talking about diet to lose weight. I mean just what we're eating. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess when you were talking about your friends who have been doing it. Um, and the benefits that they have got from it were um, related to their general well-being, their mental health and how they were feeling, which is great to hear. Yeah. Um, and I guess when we were talking about that, we were you were talking about lifestyle elements as well that were um, 
they were implementing yeah. at the same time as yeah. taking on the keto diet. So then it's really hard to know whether mm-hmm. it's the diet or it's a combination of those things. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. and which for me I guess um what I what what mm-hmm. I um as a nutritionist know about keto. Um mm-hmm. personally for me working with clients I've never um I've never recommended mm-hmm. it. Um mainly for me because I I don't necessarily mm-hmm. like to work with extremes unless it's for a therapeutic reason Mm. um and the knowledge that i have of keto um Mm. it's kind of become this mainstream thing that people will because it's Mm. it's talked about a lot in the press and a lot of people have adopted it um Mm. it's kind of become what atkins was before um and actually mm. um originally keto was mm. um used for therapeutic reasons so for epilepsy to yeah epilepsy, exactly yeah. to control epilepsy um mm. when people weren't responding to drugs um and also for metabolic conditions like uh, type mm. 2 diabetes um obesity as well there are studies saying that it has been effective um and as you talked about, I guess for background, um, what I know it involves, as you'd said, it's high fat, low carb. And the reason for that is obviously to get your body to get its energy from fat rather than from carbohydrates. So your body has to go through a process and in, in learning that behavior. Yeah. Um, and unlearning what it's, you what know, it what did we're before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and to do that, that involves avoiding grains, sugars, legumes, rice, potatoes, sweets, basically all Everything. sugars. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> it sounds, it sounds dreadful. Um, and the diet is then mainly focused on, as you say, high fat and more protein. So meat, fish, eggs, butter, avocado and low carb vegetables. Um, and a lot of people now are adopting that for weight loss. Um, so I guess what, from what I've heard and when you're obviously getting your body to um, when you remove carbohydrates, you might experience some weight loss. But I guess what you're talking about is is it sustainable for you long term you're not sure and that would be generally for me why I would steer away from it because there are also drawbacks that people don't necessarily talk about yeah there's Um, no long-term studies with it although there's studies with epilepsy there's there's also the sort of conscious indications to that that there's decreased vitamins and macronutrients in their system yeah and also with their microbiome i was reading that there's a there becomes a a real drop in the good friendly bacteria we've got yeah so there's we don't have you know 20 years 30 years 40 years experience of keto you know in with the everyday man who's just doing it as a lifestyle choice rather than for For health. health yeah um well you mentioned a couple of things there um i guess a couple of other things for me that um are quite obvious is that your diet obviously maybe previously might not have been that high in saturated fat so um when you're having a lot more of like butter and high fat things when your diet is based on fat you're obviously going to increase your saturated fat intake and also probably your salt intake as well which is going to have an impact on the cardiovascular system and high blood pressure um and the microbiome as well i guess is another thing because um you're you're not having any whole grains Mm. um and by cutting out some fight some vegetables as well you're limiting the amount of fiber that you can get in which is your main source of feeding 
the healthy gut bacteria. Yeah. So, um, and when I mentioned as well the um, high salt, high saturated fat, um, sometimes I, I'd imagine if somebody was doing it on uh, meat, so a lot of steaks and... Um, thinking they've hit the jackpot. Yeah, thinking this is amazing. <laughs> I can have bacon every yeah. day. Um, it can put, if you're doing that every day, it can also put pressure on your kidneys um, yeah. if you have too much protein and uh, can also result in... If you have too, too much protein in your diet, if you're doing that, it can cause um, you to excrete calcium. Which also, if you're doing a keto diet, you're probably not going to be having dairy because it's yeah. high in sugar. Um, so what you mentioned about um, missing key micronutrients in your diet. So when people adopt something like a keto diet, they're thinking about their macros. So yeah. carbohydrate, protein and fat. But they don't necessarily think about the micronutrients and that's... A bit of a downfall um with these kind of diets that are adopted by a lot of people yeah similarly um i did something recently where i was talking about plant-based and it was yeah. beyonce's 22 day oh, yeah. coachella oh. diet um and actually without adopting these without the right support or knowledge about the vitamins that you need to make sure that you're not missing you yeah. can be missing out on things like with a vegan diet you know b12 zinc calcium yeah um and really important yeah, things, things that we don't need. even realize that yeah, we need i exactly. think there's a big um certainly the more i've sort of been cooking and getting really in the kitchen and sort of focusing in on health and I have an autoimmune disease so I've like been reading so much about how they deal with that in America and it's so different from here but there's all these kind of vitamin deficiencies that can kind of have these knock-on effects yeah it's like people don't realize that if they're kind of even achy or tired you know and your muscles are tired take some magnesium yeah you're deficient in magnesium and it's like little things that I suppose only through research or being a qualified nutritionist <laughs> you're going to be able to tell somebody yeah. and that somebody's going to be able to to recognize that that's happening with, within themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's really important to recognize in the way um, I practice as a nutritional therapist is they're everybody is an individual. So yeah. it's really difficult when you see a lot of the time um, these kind of, you know, eight weeks to lean or um do this diet for two months and yeah. or Beyonce's 22 days I even went vegan yeah I, I went that. vegan and I went <laughs> vegan and I lost all this weight because yeah. it was so awful before and I've got all these role models and just yeah. not appropriate um, but actually um every person is different so mm-hmm. you need to spend time getting to know that person and how they are made up how all of their different systems work you know if I we you just mentioned you have an autoimmune uh, condition I didn't know that either so yeah. um for you as an individual you will have your own kind of set of requirements so yeah. um so it is it it's not as simple as just adopting a diet like this and and you're going to lose weight and everything's going to be better because you need to drill in on all of those individual requirements Mm -hmm. um, and make sure you're getting the foods that you need. That you need. Um, And, yeah, so I guess for me, um, 
what what's quite interesting when you talk about things like this um and you see it a lot in the world of sport um where i have quite a lot of clients so um there's often there's kind of two different extremes of low carb um more on the kind of keto side where you're you're getting the body to use fat for energy or yeah. you're high carb where actually um where the studies lie with those things these people who actually do the research they're scientists and they're specialists in that area so obviously yeah. they're going to focus on a really specific thing yeah they're not going to be looking at studies in the middle you know where yeah. you're actually like, like trying to strike a balance for the ordinary person but which is great because you know they're that's why it's being used therapeutically for people because there's studies to show that it can be it beneficial works, yeah. but I guess where it falls down is then when the press pick up on something like that um and they they put that message out there without all of all of the facts yeah um and a lot of the time studies are maybe picked up on by the press um and the studies when you look further into that you know is the study a, a randomized controlled trial um you know is there any bias what are the other factors yeah. at play so like your friends who are doing yoga yeah. as well as keto yeah but the press wouldn't talk about that they just talk no. about the fact that if you eat loads of fat you're yeah. going to lose weight so um that I think is where a lot of the problem lies and it's kind of driving people to these extremes yeah. in terms of that being a magic pill or an answer yeah. to but it's not sexy to say well actually if you just eat more vegetables and yeah. this is how you balance your meals like you're gonna maybe live longer um, you've got less chance of heart disease and all of these great things and it's actually quite simple yeah but it's not Everything a radical have, change. Yeah, it's like everything has to have this label, this yeah. kind of, like you're saying, it has to be all jazzed up and you'll get a celebrity who'll do something and then that'll be, you know, the the, the sort of fad, fad diet to do. <laughs> um, sorry, Poppy's just got a fright from the postie dropping something through the letterbox. Um, and, I, yeah, I really think that it's, it's like this whole Mediterranean diet seems to be like yeah. the, the ideal diet. Uh-huh. And I think that's definitely more where I'll be sort of headed to yeah. over mm. the next um, few weeks because my body is, it, it can't look at another bit of cheese. It's really, yeah. I think this is yeah. the, the position at the kind of two to three week period where you where you foul keto. Uh-huh. It's it's very much like, two, I tried it for two weeks and I've spoken to so many yeah. people. <laughs> I tried it for two weeks, I couldn't do it. I tried it for yeah. two weeks. And like you, um, you go into the shop and you realise that you, you pass aisles and aisles and aisles because you can't, buy anything from yeah. it but the the thing that I love about it mm-hmm. the positive thing is that I've spent so much more time in the kitchen yeah. cooking yeah and that I think has for me and my husband and the kids that's made such a nice improvement yeah. to our health yeah I think like you're saying it's not sexy to go hey let's you know let's do it this way let's actually do some home cooking let's yeah. prep our snacks let's really think about what we're going to eat this <laughs> week and, and let's make sure we're you know we're touching all these yeah. food groups and we're giving ourselves good nutrition and good food so I really think there's there's a there's a space to have a movement to spend more time in the kitchen yeah. like get off your phone go and cook yeah. go and actually you know nu- get yourself some good nutrients for the yeah. week meal prep you know do all that kind of stuff yeah um 
so you you know you are looking after yourself long term rather than just short term some of my friends are taking supplements with keto as well and I and I I've kind of starting to think that I don't think it's really hit the UK yet I think the keto wave is still coming yeah yeah so I just quite possibly I don't I wouldn't want to recommend it to anybody because like Mm. you say you don't know anybody's pre-existing conditions. Yeah. You don't know what they're lacking, what they might need. You don't know if they have anything to do with like a an underlying heart disease yeah. or anything that could be triggered mm-hmm. by going into some kind of extreme way of eating yeah. and changing things. So, yeah. I, yeah, I think you're right. I think it would be, um, if anybody was thinking about adopting that or thinking that that's the thing for them, I would probably... Um, ask them if they came to see me I'd ask them why what yeah. are their reasons for that um, and then I if they weren't coming to see me I'd advise they speak to a specialist or to some somebody who can help them and equip them yeah. with the knowledge to be able to do it properly yeah. um, and you know understanding what those reasons are and how they implement that in the context of their their whole body and their lifestyle as well as another thing so if you were um somebody who was doing a lot of sport or you were really active and doing loads of um running or cycling um and you decided you were going to do keto um i mean it could cause havoc with your body because you're taking away carbohydrates and that's what your body your body's main source of fuel um so what prompted you to get in touch with me was because I post something about that exact yeah, thing yeah it was like um, proper serendipity yeah like, this is yeah. exactly <laughs> what I'm talking yeah. about now so um so yeah so for I guess just for context so um if you're thinking of if you're th- thinking about keto and you're removing carbohydrates um when you're it was with relation to cortisol specifically so um, which is your stress your stress hormone yeah. yeah so when you are um stressed or you exercise so physical emotional stress or or that kind of like fight or flight when you go into work and you have to do a presentation mm-hmm. your body stimulates adrenaline and cortisol mm-hmm. um so your adrenal glands stimulate those hormones and um carbohydrates uh, basically help to lower cortisol so they, they they take the edge off um which is partly why without going into a lot of um complicated scientific chat is partly why when people are stressed they crave carbohydrates so high yeah. sugar high fat um but if you eat the right kind of carbohydrates um to keep the cortisol low alongside a portion of protein to kind of balance your um energy levels you you blunt that cortisol response Um, and the reason why that's important I guess if people are exercising regularly and they they aren't fat adapted um, they are denying their body that source of fuel that you need to recover so you kind of become it becomes chronically elevated um, and that can have an impact a knock-on impact on other uh, mechanisms within the body so um what I was talking about specifically was with relation to um, sex hormones. So um, your adrenal glands also stimulate something called DHEA, which is the prerequisite to oestrogen and progesterone. Um, and if um, you've got too much cortisol, you don't get enough DHEA. So then you stop producing 
the sex hormones that you need yeah. to menstruate and all of those things yeah. so there's a there's this really um oh a lot gosh. of knock-on effects um of doing things that people don't realize mm-hmm. and actually um the people who are more susceptible to those kind of things happening are people like you and me who are um you know, you have a job, you're juggling lots of things, you're juggling a family, you're trying to exercise, yeah. you're trying to cook and you're trying to implement this new this new way of yeah. dieting, but you don't have like a professional athlete, you don't have a nutritionist and a coach and people to oversee that and make sure yeah. that you do that properly. So, um, kind of in the dark. Yeah. And, and I don't know if this is right. Yeah. And there's yeah. definitely, I mean, I'm really lucky that I have um, my friend and she's been doing it a long time, yeah. so she'll go all this and that and we can sort of swap things backwards and forwards just from research but you do I think I think one I've noticed one thing and somebody shared something and it basically was like a keto cheat sheet thing and it's like I I'm not well researched and I already know there's things on there that should not you should not be having keto. but then because I'm that sort of questioning type of person somebody else might come along and go I'm you know not being not so questioning yeah and just do it and then not actually even be doing the the keto diet so Mm -hmm. I think you've got to be so careful like you're saying having that help and support and and actually like going to a nutritionist first I would be if anybody is listening to this and they are considering going to keep doing keto go and speak to somebody find your local uh nutritionist definitely like somebody like Sarah if you're in Edinburgh yeah um and, and just work out if it's for you because I think it's so hard for people and I don't think it's a women specific thing Mm -hmm. you're you'll be able to answer this because you'll have clients, you know, yeah. actually real people. <laughs> so I don't think it's a specific woman thing about losing weight either. I think men uh, equally want yeah. to kind to lose weight and mm-hmm. be healthy as well. So I know my husband, you know, he's he counts more calories than I do. Yeah. I don't count calories. I don't weigh myself. Yeah. I just always eat try to eat healthy and try to eat for you know for me mm-hmm. um and then go off suddenly and do crazy dieting yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then tell him he's doing it as well oh, you're curious <laughs> you're yeah. experimenting yeah yeah so um and I, and I think that lots of people want to have you know that kind of healthy eating but yeah I think like you say it's it's different for everybody and it's there's no press this button and you've got it immediately yeah. you have to take time yeah. do you think do you think we're maybe yeah to slow down a bit yeah I think it's um I guess it's going back to what um we were saying about their you know they're not being unfortunately um you know a magic pill or a quick win by doing um keto or you know adopting that diet or the way it's promoted uh, to people um actually looking whether speaking to a nutritional therapist or a nutritionist and um and actually thinking about um your health and you know what are your goals what are your aims what do you want to improve because often you know yes sometimes it's weight loss but quite often that might be um that might just be a knock-on effect of something different of something yeah. else that's going on you yeah. know so uh, that could be gut health it could be stress it could be lifestyle um so actually thinking about your goals then speaking to somebody and actually there are like I always say to people um 
that come and see me before I suppose everybody has different requirements but there are some kind of general rules of thumb when it comes to healthy eating yeah. is um eating balancing out your macronutrients in each meal um is important so keep to keep your blood sugar balanced so if that's you're really having important isn't it, the blood sugar well, yeah that's it keeps your we were talking about the cortisol so yeah. um it keeps your energy consistent it regulates your circadian rhythm so it will impact on your sleep so if you kind of basically want to be waking up in the morning naturally um have steady energy throughout the day and at the end of the day feel tired and ready to sleep and if you're not balancing your blood sugar throughout the day, you're kind of yo-yoing and yeah. like going for coffee. And that's when you fall into that trap of, uh, you know, high sugar, high fat and, um, you know, and the cycle that that, that gets yeah. you into. Mars bar to power. Yeah. So, and the simple, the simple thing with that is um, if you're having carbohydrates, um, having a portion of protein alongside that at each meal and ideally at each snack as well, um and that basically slows down the release of sugar into your bloodstream and keeps you fuller for longer um aside from blood sugar balancing is increasing the nutrient density of each meal so at each meal um as much color and fruit and vegetables as you can in your diet um depending when when people come and see me it depends where they are on that journey so some people might have none so if yeah. i tell them to eat 10 that's not realistic yeah. so if you're not eating any then maybe aim for three or four or five yeah um and um alongside that as well with that fruit and vegetables um trying to get probably about 80 percent vegetables 20 percent fruit um and then the last thing, as well as the nutrient density with the fruit and vegetables, which also, I should say, give you your fibre for the healthy gut mm. bacteria. They've got all of your essential vitamins and minerals, is healthy fats, which you talked about. So um, going for things like uh, nuts and seeds, oily fish, um, as opposed to um, high saturated fat or you know processed foods like bacon sausages yeah. things like that um, they're higher in omega-3 which uh, protect your nerve cells um, they're good for your cognitive fun- function and they're anti-inflammatory so those are kind of three key pillars yeah. like if anyone's like what do I do how should I change my diet yeah those are the things I'd be looking at first um because if you if you can kind of make sometimes if you can make these simple changes you can instantly feel better um and you don't need to do something extreme like uh keto or you know putting your body through that that upheaval um when it probably isn't necessary but nobody nobody markets these things as the what as you say the mediterranean diet i guess is as close to that and generally what it all comes back to there's not really a perfect diet um because everybody's different yeah but all of them have that in common is you know eating more fruit and vegetables less saturated fat more healthy fats and moving more and sleeping better i think is the thing isn't it because i get a lot of um people come into like yoga classes and they haven't been before and then you see them coming back week after week and it's such it's so lovely to observe because you and you'll be the same with your clients like you see their journey you see their progression they they start to become so much happier in themselves because they've made a commitment to their health and i think it like you say if you're if you're somebody who's 
juggling a job, mm. children, you know, just work, home, you know, you don't even have to have kids thrown into the mix. It's like just even having a career and trying to fit in time for yourself, it can be so difficult. Yeah. So making that commitment and to slow down and say, right, I'm going to get healthy. Yeah. Whatever form that comes in is, is Definitely. so nice to observe. Yeah, I think it's important. And like, you know, like we were saying, it's um, it, diet is only one thing. Yeah. Um, of so many things it's again you can change your diet um but it's it's only one part of the mix yeah. so um so that's why um I'm not a personal trainer I do sport myself um but movement why that's important so I will give people advice alongside dietary advice yeah. to make sure that you know I'm kind of complementing that with those other things or yeah. I'll refer them to somebody like you um you know to do more yoga or pilates or take up running or join a cycling club yeah. um or think walk. about your yeah walking take and, the stairs a couple of times yeah things isn't it is it sometimes uh-huh. it's like you say you don't have to do something drastic it can just be simple little yeah. changes that don't really come in fancy packaging, but they're the perfect sorts of things. But I really would like to talk to you about gut health as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So uh-huh. if we can leave keto yeah. in the past. Let's talk about the gut. <laughs> <laughs> no more cheese. Yeah. <laughs> so gut health. Yeah. I'm fascinated by gut health. Yeah, it I, is amazing. It's fascinating. Just yeah. what goes on down there. Yeah. And, and also what we don't know. Yeah. I find the most fascinating. It's... It's this really huge part of us as humans, but yeah. there is again such little and um, adolescent um, studies into it and yeah. how things can work. And mm-hmm. so, I would love to hear your kind of. Do you, is it something that you would talk to about? Clients yeah, about? yeah, I talk to clients about this all the time um, because I guess it's the. Um, it's a gateway to a lot of things because obviously everything that we eat needs to be broken down in our stomach digested properly and then absorbed by our body so you can be putting in loads of great food but if you're not digesting it and absorbing it properly then you're yeah. not getting the benefit from the food that you eat so um so i always look at gut health with clients um and obviously unfortunately these days it's the most common thing you see because um people are more stressed anxiety is a huge trigger for gut health um and it's usually one of the most common triggers you see with clients in clinic um and then there's you know then there's all the other things like there's more processed food and processed food contains emulsifiers Mm. and all of these horrible things when you read an ingredients list and you're (laughs) like oh god what is that um all those things weren't around before so people are more stressed they're eating more processed food they're eating more sugar they're not moving as much and all of those things they're not getting enough fiber which is like such a simple thing but because they're having more processed food. So you see gut health all the time. Um, and it's a relatively new, it's quite a trendy topic just now because it's a relatively new field of study. Um, and people are really are focusing on it now, but I think it's going to be, um, it's going to roll on and people, you know, we're going to find more and more. Um, and, you know, I guess looking at individuals 
from the moment you're born um, or the moment you're conceived, you know, and how healthy is your mother's ba- gut yeah. bacteria, well, you know, all of those things. Take it, it's all to do with yeah, like having a, kind of delivered, vaja- I can't even say it, vajazzles, <laughs> your yeah, vaginally. Yeah, or I mean, if you have a C-section, you don't pick up Yeah, I guess it, there is bacteria, kind of like um, a really emotive subject area. And I guess um, for people who um, they don't want to, know those things right retrospectively so it's always more useful to be like okay well where are you now um and how is your gut health yeah what symptoms do you experience and and what can we do to support that um so yeah I mean um is there specific kind of things you're interested in or that you'd like to know if somebody came to you would you get them started on a prebiotic would you make them take enzymes would you say okay because of another thing I'm jumping a little Mm -hmm. bit but um leaky gut always comes up on the internet so much yeah and it's it's so many people have got leaky you get these really shock you know clickbait headlines and you know you're like oh mate I've got leaky gut everyone's (laughs) got leaky gut so I mean is is this a is this a genuine thing do most people have a leaky gut and not realize that they have one um quite I mean it would be a generalization to say everybody has it um but I think, I guess a, a way of uh, maybe tackling this question would be to think about all of the people who have digestive issues and they go to their GP and they might eventually get an IBS diagnosis. And IBS is a really broad term. It's kind of like a label for, um, well, we don't really know what's going on. So we know you've got issues so that's yeah. you know that's the label that they would be given but um there's so many different shades of gray um with different clients and different people depending on their symptoms so um so some people might have um you know acid reflux um which could be suggesting that they maybe have too much stomach acid and then they'd maybe be put on a PPI to lower their stomach acid on a special diet for that um, some people might be tested for celiac or they yeah. might just be intolerant to certain foods and then you need to remove those foods and work on some gut healing. Um, so the leaky leaky gut might be a symptom of lots of different things. Mm. Um, but what that essentially means is um, in your your stomach, your, you've got these, um, the way your cells are in your stomach lining should be like tight junctions. Yeah. Um, and if you... Um, if you damage your gut or you eat that's when they talk about gluten for example um, so uh, a lot of the when you if you read books about gut health they'll maybe talk about leaky gut and they'll talk about gluten and every time everybody eats gluten the the junctions you know they um, open up a little bit yeah. um, and if that if over time you have um I'm not telling everybody to remove yeah, gluten, so by the way. Just, just so, this yeah, is just, just like... I, I don't eat gluten. Yeah. And I find it helpful. Mm-hmm. And I always say, if anyone ever says, oh, this, you know, I've got this kind of... I always say, oh, have you tried giving yeah. up gluten? Yeah. Because it's so vast. And again, it's something that we didn't naturally begin eating. We never mm-hmm. picked up off the floor, you know, yeah. all those thousands of years ago and thought, oh, a bit of gluten, you know. It's an additive. Mm-hmm. It's something added. So... Um, I mean, it yeah, can be helpful knows? for some people, yeah. um, and as a protocol. So, um, I could talk about it 
you know, it's a it's a vast it's subject huge, area, yeah. and like as I say, there's lots of different shades of grey and different um different conditions or different reasons for people's IBS. You would mm. have a different approach. So um, you know, is it um. SIBO, like small um, intestinal bacterial overgrowth, or you have, um, you know, somebody's had H. pylori and it's a bacterial infection and it can cause gastritis, so then you'd have a different protocol for that. So yeah. there's lots of different reasons why people would be having digestive issues and um, you would approach it differently in each case. But a good way of looking um, at how I would manage that with a client is kind of a, a four-step protocol so looking at removing the triggers so what do we think might be causing the issue Um. so that would be ideally we'd like to get to the root cause because it could be something deeper but there's the obvious things that are driving it so there might be foods that are um gut irritants that you'd maybe remove for a for a period of time to allow you to repair and re-inoculate the gut um, and that would involve looking at things like, um, okay, well, do you have the right digestive enzymes? Um, and you, there's certain cofactors that you need in your diet to be able to produce those. So things like That's zinc nice. and yeah. um, is your bile flow healthy um, or is it stagnant? So if you have like lots of um, saturated fat, processed foods, high sugar, you know, you might not be having a healthy bioflow, so you might not be digesting fats very well. Yeah. And then you would look at re-inoculating. So is there enough fibre there? So looking at um, prebiotic foods and then probiotics for a period of time to, um, to boost the healthy gut bacteria and kind of rebalance things. Um, and then, you know, there's, um, in terms of repair, looking at certain nutrients that can help with that. So um, healthy fats, omega-3, um, vitamin D is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and then your like vitamins A and C um, and protein as well for essential um, amino acids, um, which are really important for tissue repair. Yeah. So thinking about it that way is kind of quite useful, I think, sometimes for clients because yeah. it helps them get their head around, okay, actually it feels more manageable. So that's generally how I like to work with clients yeah. because it means it's like something that you can you can use that toolkit and apply that to the individual depending yeah. on what vari- variations you need to make to that. Yeah. Um, and that's... Um, yeah, there's also as well, when you talk about what the triggers or drivers might be, also looking at, um, I mentioned stress, so looking yeah. at the wider lifestyle. Maybe it's not from your diet. Yeah. It could be, because as I say, quite often anxiety and stress can be a trigger for people for digestive issues. That's how it all starts and then yeah. it becomes this vicious cycle. So that's a big part of the recovery from it as well yeah. is looking at those other areas and doing more yoga and all of those things as well yeah. so um yeah so it's absolutely fascinating isn't it I think it's it's one of those subjects because it is so vast and I actually genuinely think in the future you won't go to see a doctor you'll go to see a nutritional therapy therapist or a nutritionist to to heal yourself and make yourself feel better yeah I think that's definitely where where we'll be going hopefully that's where we're going rather than trying to get a, a tablet to fix yeah. something actually realizing that your body's this huge kind of 
big um, mechanism that all works together and everything has a knock-on effect in yeah. different aspects. So that's that's definitely my hope. But I mean, I think it's there's so many different little pillars and yeah. you know you, you couldn't <laughs> even begin to to, yeah. to sum up nutrition in in the length of this podcast. No, but I think um, we touched a lot of. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And... I think it's like you say, like we've we've scratched the surface of like yeah. only scratched the surface of so many different things yeah. um today. And just what you just said there about um the kind of future in terms of um you know, primary healthcare at the moment is obviously you go and see your GP. In an ideal world, what would be amazing and I know um generally within nutritional therapy that's the um the aspiration would be for um more collaboration would be the best way forward because obviously the NHS and GPs are under strain so to yeah. be able to work collaboratively with complementary healthcare practitioners um you're able to offer people more support mm-hmm. where you know when there's not necessarily a step-by-step protocol for somebody with IBS they do need more in-depth help yeah. um and that's where they would refer to somebody a nutritionist or a nutritional yeah. therapist. Um, Autoimmunes as well. There's a huge, yeah, huge massive, thing in America yeah. with diet being, mm-hmm. um, you know, a huge place to start. And mm-hmm. it's really interesting the last few months with thyroid and just talking to more people online. Yeah. How many people... I mean, I had my, I've had my thyroid condition since I was a teenager and I've never thought yeah. about it until it goes a bit airy. And then I'm like, oh, hold on a minute. I need to fix yeah. this. And nutrition's where I, I went to uh-huh. fix it. Is it hypo or hyper? It's kind of both. It swings backwards and forwards. Yeah, Yeah, it really depends. And it definitely comes through stress because I've definitely juggled a lot of things. Um, So I definitely have triggers. Um, So it's just crazy to think that people can have these conditions and then they don't even... They don't even think that they can get better. Yeah. They accept it and they go, oh, I've got a thyroid condition. I've got Hashimoto's. I've got fibromyalgia. I've got, um, a- you know, any kind of thing. I've got migraine. Mm-hmm. And that's it. I'm just, I've just got these things. Yeah. Rather than going, actually, I don't need to have these things. I could look at my yeah. diet. I could go and work with somebody and really get a, get an answer and actually get a long-term solution. Yeah, so I think it's really empowering like for people, yeah, to know that <laughs> they, they, it's so. the powers within everybody to, to be yeah. able to make those changes. And yeah, well, I hope we're going up. that way. Yeah. We do. Thank you very much for talking today. Gosh, we could talk all day. Look at that 40 minutes. <laughs> We've gone over. You said maximum About 40, 40 yeah. <laughs> um, Well, thank you very much, Sarah. I'll pop thank Sarah's um, details in, the, um, in our post where we link to this podcast. And everybody stay healthy.